Welcome to episode 181 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And uh, Cameron, if we were riding high on the, the majesty that was uh, a better world last <laughs> week with the Justice Lords, we have come crashing back down to Earth very severely this week. Yes. With our new two-parter, Eclipsed. This, these, these were rough. These are really I, rough. I, I described to you beforehand, <clears throat> my idea for these episodes is basically like the first 75% is, is like an average to slightly above average Superman episode. Okay, yeah. Yeah, in yeah. comparison to Superman the Animated Series. Yeah. But then the the back half of part two is absolute garbage. There there's a lot science bullshit <laughs> nonsense. There are a lot of contrivances to try and make all of this come together in a way that is supposed to be satisfying. Yeah, there's two great things about this episode. <laughs> the commercials, Flash, yes, Flash Flash's becoming commercials. a great actor. Yeah. Um and uh Green Lantern making his first real construct. I had a note about that. Of yes. course he did. Yeah, because that's all we talk about now. <laughs> uh, but everything else, the other 40 minutes of content in these episodes is, I mean, maybe it's just because like we've grown so used to good episodes again and, and yeah. like, we've lost the, the, the shell that we, that we grew for Zeta <laughs> and putting up with this stuff. Actually, that's a good point. Like, cause there's a lot of stuff in season one of Justice League that's kind of, just okay yeah but it's certainly better than say the final season of static or especially zeta like yeah i think you're right we kind of like maybe got it gave it a bit of a pass by comparison Mm -hmm. but now we've had great justice league and so whenever we get even just kind of like mediocre or underwhelming justice league we're just like oh it's a slog it is but i mean the nice thing is that this week not so much but next week the terror beyond is going to be really good which i started you started incorrectly (laughs) you had to ask which ones we watching yeah because i remember you saying like oh i don't remember these episodes last week and i'm like oh but there's like grundy and aquaman and dr fate i'm like how do you not remember these oh i remember those yeah those are great episodes uh but no we we had to do eclipse this week which were uh, not quite so there but most the rest of the season is gonna be pretty solid actually yeah like there's only one that i think is probably okay the rest of it i know are all pretty good Mm -hmm. so we just get through this week and we're back on track Great time had by all. Yeah. If I can throw out one super quick piece of news, because it is technically DC related. Okay. Uh, DC Finite oh, right. is officially up. That's true. It's officially launched. Yes. I haven't looked at it yet to see what isn't on there. Yeah. Well, my subscription ended. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we, we yeah. can't. We can't. Oh, good to know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because like, uh, I, I, okay, I did hear along those lines that justice league will be on hbo max starting february 1st about time so i'm hoping it's gonna be both justice league and justice limited so we can go back to watching these in better definition and like the standard def dvds that i have and i think you're probably watching on as well yeah yeah with no subtitles either which is driving me insane Mm -hmm. i just i need to know these things (laughs) i've been taking notes subtitles help a lot i there's part of me that kind of wishes amazon would post some of these Oh, because I love their like little trivia things on the, the little side. X-ray thing because the little bits of trivia. Yeah, it's I think that's <laughs> smart. I I'm I because I'm sure those are all well. No, they have a they have a deal with IMDb. Do they own IMDb? They own IMDb. Okay, yeah. so that's that's why they're all up there. Yeah, exactly. So okay. basically, they just interwoven the IMDb, you know, database in terms of like the actors who's in the scene and then also the trivia. Mm-hmm. And you can just like watch little things on the side because you actually watch on your computer, which I guess makes a difference. Yeah, like they don't have X-ray in the same way if you watch it on your TV. Yeah, I guess that's true. But also, I know why you miss it. It saves you having to go to the effort of looking up the trivia. <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> it saves you a step. Three clicks. <laughs> it's so much work. I'm so sorry, Cameron. It is. I know this has really been a burden on you. I looked up no trivia for this episode. I cared no. I, I had I, no care for this episode. I had to look up trivia so I had something to talk about. Okay. <laughs> but I, I have a lot of questions. Okay, good. I might have some answers. I, I dig. I dove into some of the comic background to try and explain what is supposed to be happening here. Yeah. Um, uh, lizard people are happening. Li- yep. Snake people for for no goddamn reason whatsoever. So we'll we'll go ahead and dive into this here with Eclipsed parts one and two. And so we're just gonna talk about it all at once. I'm just going to run through the whole summary here. Yeah, this is all you. So we can get into the meat of it and not try and follow this like very complex, interwoven, ultimately unnecessary plot. So so basically, uh, in this one, it opens with some soldiers hunting down a foreign dictator like um, in some mysterious desert area. And while out there, they uncover a mysterious gemstone buried in the desert, which I guess is called the Black Heart or the Dark Heart or the Heart of Darkness. Uh, dark Heart. Okay. Not the dark crystal okay (laughs) it's what we will call it from now on (laughs) because even the dcau wiki page didn't have a consistent naming for it so i was just going off the dialogue that i had to hear and couldn't read um but basically one of the soldiers picks up the jam um, and then he's possessed by these ancient snake spirits and he sets off on a quest to destroy as many mammals as possible that's his biggest concern how many mammals can i kill right so ultimately that goal will lead him through several like possessing several military officers and eventually possessing the justice league itself, um, where they try to launch an anti-fusion device into the sun to collapse it and cast the world in eternal darkness. Those cold blooded assholes. Exactly. (laughs) So while all that is happening at the same time, uh, the flash has started doing sponsorships. Love it. Best part of the episode. Best part of the episode, but it, Definitely gets him in hot water and puts him squarely in the targets of an anti-Just League TV personality, glorious Gordon Godfrey. We'll get more to him. Um, but as the Flash tries to redeem his image, he makes things worse until he's the pariah amongst the Justice League. And then wouldn't you know it, of course, eventually he becomes the last leaguer not possessed by ancient snake people. And he has to save his friends before he can save the world. Yes. Oh. This would have been a better Teen Titans episode. And I'm trying to think Teen Titans must have done something similar. Okay because the the closest one i can remember is the terror within which i think is like season one episode five ish that sounds familiar at least the title sounds familiar it's where they all watch a horror movie together and okay. raven is too scared to admit that she's scared because you know suppress emotion oh that's right so she accidentally constructs the the like the shadow monster from the movie that is creeping its way through the through the tower and take in kind of capturing the other. See, that sounds great. It's a great episode. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We should just watch that. We should have just watched that. (laughs) Yes. Look, it, it, it's just, they made some really, really odd choices here. Like a lot, a lot of, a lot of odd choices. There's lizard people, Chris. There's just snake people for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. So I try to understand like why they made the choices. They're they called did. Ophidians. The Ophidians. We're going yeah, to start with that. They're called Ophidians. Which I guess Ophidia or Ophidius is Greek for snake. And so that's that why. Because yeah. I, I looked up to try and see are there actual Ophidians in the DC comics. There's an a character I think named Ophidian who has to do with the orange lanterns. That's the green, the greedy one, right? Yeah. Avarice? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I guess he's one of the greedy interesting because there's only one orange lantern maybe he was one of them at some point were there um, multiple ones laissez in... fair no late not sorry what not laissez fair not late not Larflees. Larflees. there it is <laughs> is the, the name of the greedy 
lantern was not laissez-faire no. or a derivation of that. <laughs> Shocking. Okay. Lord, please. Maybe he kills Fidian. all the orange lanterns. Right. That's how greedy he is. Well, I think this was one of the ones he killed then. Or it's probably one of the constructs. I because don't, to, I don't know. Because he gets lonely in universe. Okay. Because he gets lonely and because he is too scared to ever leave his lantern. Yeah. Uh, or the, the, the battery. Mm-hmm. He make any sense. He's the only lantern. He gets the full power of his lantern. Okay. So he's, it's not splitting with anybody. Right. Yeah. Uh, so he basically makes sentient constructs. Oh, which okay. Act as his like orange agents. Okay. They should have done that. Yeah. <laughs> instead. <laughs> but like, anything else we talk about, they should have just done that instead. Yeah. But yeah. The, the Ophidians don't exist. So I like, but all this is loosely based off a villain called Eclipso. Because when I saw the thumbnail of the guy in like the weird purple mask, he kind of looks That's like. That's right. Okay. Yeah. He kind of, it's like, it's almost like fish ish, like aquatic kind of looking. A, a little bit. Like he's got like a purple, black, almost like jester style costume. And then he's got a, a partial blue moon over his face. And. He kind of looks like Malekith, the accuser from Marvel, like more the comic book version of it than the one that was in Thor the Dark World. But I, I remember when I saw... Oh, no, this is not who I was thinking of. Okay, yeah, it's a, it's a different thing then. Yeah. But like when I saw the image of him, I remember the, the phrase Eclipso came to mind, maybe because of the title. But I'm like, okay, but he's not the villain, so what's going on here? And so I, I, I did a little bit of background research. Good for you. Exactly, yes. So eclipso in the comics apparently is an incarnation of the wrath of god and the angel of vengeance and basically was in most canons considered a precursor to specter like this guy existed oh, okay. was kind of the specter's job took it too far became a villain got his powers taken away whatever got kicked out the specter came in to take his place but there were elements of the character from the comics in this episode so in this one it's just like when he the eclipso persona emerges it's what is it i wrote the name down and i've already lost my notes it's one of the generals basically he dresses up like eclipso and what i thought was maybe one of the good moments in the episode when he's just asking how would i get the justice league's attention to one of his captains and the captain says oh just like dress up in a garish costume and threaten people yeah so he does that blows up a power plant <laughs> he blows up a power plant but the original origin of the character in the comics is a scientist named Bruce Gordon. Yes, it is named after Bruce Wayne and Jim Gordon. They really stretched for this one. But he's out watching a solar eclipse, and he's attacked by a tribal sorcerer named Mofir, who is in this episode. Yep. So there's some connection there. Who is now an actor. Who's now an actor, which is great. Uh, but before plunging to his death off a cliff, Mofir wounds Gordon with a black diamond. And then afterwards, uh, Gordon is transformed into the villainous Eclipso whenever an eclipse happens so like those pieces are kind of there right <laughs> so it's, Wait, it's did, kind of there okay so okay so with that and i know you're not the person to ask because you also just learned about this i'm just i'm literally reading notes that i copied off of wikipedia yeah so i learned recently that eclipses aren't super rare no they just, happen fairly regularly right yeah just in different parts of the world yeah and so like you know i like get an eclipse in the west coast might be rare right um but yeah, I guess there's probably like one a year. He does a lot of travel. Yeah, does he have to be in? Is it the length of the eclipse? Is he only eclipse for the six minutes? I think so. Great. I mean, it's look, it's comic book logic. Yeah. Right. So they they take something honestly that's... six minutes once a year, like fine. I guess. I hope you <laughs> it's get like a lot the done. The best version of a yeah. werewolf. Because like, the the character is even 
considered kind of a joke in the comics. Like he wasn't taken very seriously. He was just like a, a generic B villain. Yeah. Basically. But then in the nineties, of course they uh, retconned his origin. Good. Just ever so slightly. So now when they retconned him, now he's a, uh, a vengeance demon whose soul had originally been bound inside a giant black diamond called the heart of darkness. So the dark crystal, exactly the dark crystal. So those pieces are in there. Now the snake thing was entirely original to this episode and bad and bad. I don't know what it adds. Like, I, I guess they wanted to give it a specific origin, but it all just felt, felt very silly. Cause like the, the backstory we get in the Ophidians is that there was once like this race on earth, right? Yeah. On earth. On yeah. earth. So this is, this is my first question. Uh, these are Viking era from what we, well, we can kind of see. It looks like it. Yeah. yeah. They're not Neanderthals. No. Yeah. It's not like Vandal Savage. So there's my question. Where is Vandal Savage? I mean, he's off probably conquering another part of the world as a Viking. Yeah. But he would know <laughs> about this. I mean, Cameron, communication wasn't super fast back then. No, but this isn't like, a you know, like a three day war. I it, mean, it sounds like it was like half the planet was human half the planet was i don't i don't know if it was quite that extreme i i, I get the sense that maybe this is more like a a, a local thing wherever this was <laughs> okay it's like, just a small it was, it, like it was a small band like a small section of snake men had evolved in this one specific region of the world great and we're conflicting with the people who probably like, let's be honest like the snake people were probably there first and then humans showed up. Oh yeah, of course. And we're like, we want this land. Probably led by Vandal Savage. Probably led by Vandal Savage. And the snake people are just like, yeah, they can't say his name. And he got really <laughs> upset by it. <laughs> Savage. Yeah. They can't get a good V. They kept calling him S Sandal Savage. And he, got, he got so mad. He's like, fuck this. I'm just going to kill you guys. He thought they were making fun of his sandals, which he thought were rather fashionable for the he, time. Yeah. He just invented them. <laughs> yeah. Vandal Savage's greatest contribution to mankind, the invention of the sandal. Yeah. Honestly, it makes as much sense as the rest of the episode. I would buy it. So I, I'm not, I'll, I'll save my ideas for how, how to make this episode better. Okay. Because there's an infinite number of possibilities. Pretty much any other option. Yeah. Would have been better. So we basically know that this, this war was happening between the humans, these Vikings, and the Ophidians. And the Ophidians were nearly... And also them being Vikings, it doesn't put them that long ago it wasn't that long Vikings ago were 11th century yeah and it's it's heavily implied that this is probably somewhere in the middle east this is just... a thousand years ago yeah so uh, <laughs> there's evidence of this people must have found fossils somewhere i mean i don't really know my viking history that well like did the vikings conquer... no, yeah, vikings are no, no vikings did not go south they didn't, I, I feel like the vikings didn't conquer the middle east no <laughs> so <laughs> certainly not and like it's it's very it's unclear where this is we're just kind of it's in heavily implied that that's probably where it is given the i can't remember the name of the guy they're hunting down it's like hassan or fasan uh, uh, vizan yeah v-i-z-a or o-n exactly and just given the terrain and like the military gear and stuff it, it feels like it's heavily implying that it's a conflict in the middle east somewhere also yeah. given this was early 2000s not too much of a or that very well-known desert in norway exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes. that famous scandinavian desert yeah so they're, it's out in like the, the desert somewhere, but basically the, the Ophidians are nearly extinct. So then they go through this ritual to take like the last dozen of their spirits and encase it in this, this black gem that anyone who grabs it is possessed by it. 
So then it's like buried away, and then these yeah, like they they, it, they uh, infused it with the will of their with their vengeance. Their vengeance, exactly. Yeah, so anyone who touches it is bur- not burdened. They they take on the vengeful rage exactly against the mammals because those damn mammals. Yeah, yeah. And the the Vikings just basically stayed there. There's like one sect of them, kind of like you know the, the the lone knight defending the Holy Grail until all that's left is this spry, wiry old guy named Mofir. Yeah, who carries around a little bright gem that he flashed at people or he'll chop your head off yeah he i uh, what <laughs> <laughs> I, you're, you're like where do i even begin on this when <laughs> i first saw him he he kind of looked like a new god i thought he might have like i thought this might have been magic oh, from okay um what, what's their planet new genesis new genesis yeah because it, it's kind you know it could have been some origin kyber kyber oh my god kyber crystal kyber kyber crystal is the star wars kyber crystal mixed in with the mother box excuse me mr non-star wars fan throwing out kyber crystals here not a fan not a fan of star wars just picking up some kyber crystals (laughs) from the planet ilum yeah it's core (laughs) obviously exactly um mixed in with the mother box or like like maybe there's like the heart of a mother box that, that was in its raw form before they kind of evolved the technology mm-hmm. some other there's so many sects of this they could have yeah. gone we have magic already in universe we've already met clary and we've already met i, I can't go into this yet. Etrigan. i look i <laughs> i get what you're saying because in it's weird because in this universe like you you have a lot of gimmies right we have aliens we have magic we have like ancient i draw the line at lizard <laughs> atlantean races like there's there's so many different places the origins of these characters can come from like what is it if you throw in an ancient race of lizard people yeah but it it just you feel like maybe it should be tied to the cobra somehow because that already exists yeah it didn't even think about that yeah it, it felt weird for it to be its own completely unrelated thing to everything else but to your point the nature of his existence would had to have been kind of a big deal it's only been a thousand years <laughs> But it's fine. They've been instinct and buried in this gem. Yeah. But like, so no, their bodies were still there. The 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 ceremony they held was oh, that's probably that... ransacked and burned by the humans because that's what we do best. Yeah, that's um, true. We do. Yeah, but like, there's archaeologists. They would have found something. They would have found some there's sign of snake a people. A couple people that are over a thousand years old that would know about this. That's true. I mean, I guess the Amazons are already on their island, right? Yeah, I'll give them a pass. Yeah, but Vandal Savage the amazons the atlanteans yeah yeah right and you for sure the atlanteans would know about lizard people i feel like that's just a like an always conflict were there also sea lizard people like, probably like sea snake people yes eels <laughs> eelmen eel people yeah also would have been a better choice yeah yes i would have rather seen an episode of atlantis fighting eel people sure anything else anything but this but like so there there's elements there's enough elements here of Eclipso that you can tell that they wanted to cover that character for some reason but they just they took anything not that there's that much interest about that character but they just injected all this other stuff that didn't make it very interesting at all like even the the overall big plot here the stakes of like oh my god they're going to uh collapse the sun you feel like they put those stakes in there because the villain never felt like a real threat yeah and and it's what we talk about a thousand times of going too big too fast yep they went from i mean it did go pretty big pretty fast just in the beginning it went from him the the first lizard possessed guy yeah the 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 soldier Mm -hmm. 
he gets a gun. He's like, how many people can I kill with this? How many mammals? How many can mammals I kill can I kill with that with specifically? This? Sorry, yes. Yeah. Uh, seven. And, and, yeah. The other soldier driving was like, uh, seven, I guess. Yeah. I, sure. I, I, yeah. If you have good aim. Yeah. Um, and quick, and then quickly went from gun to nuclear bomb. Yep. I need nukes. And then he saw superheroes, mm-hmm. which they knew about that they were like powered. They don't really talk about their powers or that they're like better than everyone else. What do you mean they don't talk about that? When the so the general has he sees he sees the Godfrey TV show. Yeah, but yeah. he doesn't understand like if I see something on TV, I don't instantly know. Like if I just see someone talking about Michael Jordan, obviously I know because I'm a human that lived the '90s. <clears throat> but that's a horrible example. Yeah, no, it's not. If I see someone talking about Michael Jordan, I don't know who Michael Jordan is or what basketball is. Yeah, that's not going to mean anything to me. <laughs> I mean, it's but don't do we don't they see? Doesn't isn't it the clip of the Flash like running at super speed? And doesn't like Godfrey say like these these are like godlike beings with all these I guess powers? He does, yes, yeah, I guess okay, I guess yeah. I I know what you mean. <laughs> There's an evolution. <laughs> I would also call Michael Jordan some of godlike powers. Also, I, I think the reason you chose Michael Jordan is because you were just thinking of Space Jam. You're thinking about someone like <laughs> seeing someone famous on TV and going and taking their powers. And you're yes. just like, if I were to give Michael Jordan a power, like a, a magic basketball, I could steal his powers. If I gave Michael Jordan a magic crystal called the Dark Crystal, yeah. infused with the vengeance of lizard people, you too, I could take over the world. You could, yeah. Or if you had, what was it like, Mike's shoes? If you had Michael Jordan's shoes? Yes, yeah. absolutely. His magic shoes. This is how much I don't care these episodes. I'm literally feeding you tangents. <laughs> Man, a little Bow Wow. little Bow Wow. What, what a guy. What a, what a fall from grace. <laughs> but yeah, so, like, yeah, it just there's this massive escalation. But the first half, like, nothing happens in the first half of the episode. Like, the first part... It's basically just like a concept progression. Okay, I guess the very end of the episode, they finally fight the general in this not Eclipso Eclipso guise. Mm-hmm. And then, because Wonder Woman grabs the crystal, she's now possessed with this, this snake vengeance. Yes. They, he's blowing up a power plant, which in turn, an electric factory. Yes. Which in turn. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> um, One person's going to appreciate that. Which in turn ignites the methane in the sewer. Yeah. Can you put out a methane fire with water? I don't. I don't, I don't know. think so. I'm not a chemist. <laughs> you were an engineer. It's not the same. It's not the same. No. <clears throat> um, I don't think you can. I don't. It does, look, I don't know why. That's where I'm nitpicking. <laughs> it doesn't look. It doesn't make any sense. Like, you no, know this doesn't make sense. How the hell the general made it to what I presume is supposed to be coast or no central city, right? Yeah. How the hell did he get there? Because like. He's. We just see him leave a base, in in Norway's Middle East. In Norway's Middle East, and then I guess maybe it just passed through a number of people. But it's like, how did he end up getting where he was? Well, no, we saw the the plane. He we don't see him getting off the plane, but we see Mal, Mal not Mofir. Mofir. Yeah. Who's Malekith? Is that from no Thor? Uh, Malekith was Thor. Yeah. Okay. I made reference <laughs> wow, to. Wow, that's a fucking pull. <laughs> well, no, I made reference to it earlier. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Paying great attention, Cameron. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Um, Mofir sneaks off the same plane in cargo. Yeah, but why would they get on a plane? Why would Snake Dude get on a plane? Because that's he. Great question, Chris. Great question. Because <laughs> I guess he had time to look up where Godfrey filmed his show. It, yeah, it's it's all very coincidental. This is happening in the same city in Flash's city, which also has where Godfrey is. Yeah, but yeah, so like 
I, let's let's get into the Godfrey of it all. Let's get into the only redeeming part of this episode, which is the Flash's commercial career. Yes. Yes. Okay. The 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 singular beam of light on this <laughs> glowing piece of smelly shit. But uh, unlike the gem in this beam of lights won't save us yes yes god that was such a bad fucking okay um, <laughs> what, what was bad my fourth joke there or this existence in this episode the existence <laughs> of a very specific crystal yeah which just has light <laughs> and then just using a flashlight yeah yeah it's okay. great it's great so flash it, it cuts from the desert mm-hmm. in norway to flash chasing down three rogues yes I and mean, this that was kind of fun yeah and him just like chilling in central central city he's central city yeah, yeah okay yeah yeah chilling he, in central city doing his thing yeah he, which he, we love to see like, yeah that's the best that's some of the best parts of jlu right we we don't get to see a lot in this series of the individual heroes doing their thing in their own city yeah so it's fun to see him go up against it was what mirror master heat wave and captain is Boomerang. that who the third guy was i'm pretty sure that's heat wave okay yeah. Yeah. I did not recognize him. If it's not Captain Cold, it's Heat Wave. Yeah. There's only so many Flash villains. We learned there's a lot more in the Flash series. Yeah, well, they got to pull from somewhere, don't they? That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But even then, they're not all Flash villains, right? I mean, they're all just like various forms of speedsters. And Music Meister. And Music Meister. Yeah. Well, wait. No, Music Meister was created for Batman Brave and the Bold. But there was another. Was he created for that? He show? was. Wow. He was. But there's another. That's mu- such a '60s villain, though. There is another. Wait. There is another. Am I thinking music, music master? I think music master or wait, Pied Piper. The, there's a maestro. Pied there's, Piper's real. Yes. Yeah. Whichever one Neil Patrick Harris played in Batman: Brave and the Bull was an original character. Okay. But I think it was inspired by another character that does exist. Okay. There are multiple music-themed villains. Yeah, because like, there's no way no one in the '60s was like, "Let's make a villain about musicals." There was probably one in the Batman TV show. I'm sure. Because they just was. created villains for that too. Yeah, Egghead. Egghead, yeah. Oh, maybe the best holdover <laughs> from that series. I love me some Vincent Price. I mean, the best Lego. Yeah, I had to get it. I know. Plus, it came with Condiment King. Sorry, the best Lego. Yeah. How could I not? There's the quick tangent. Uh, I've I've been doing a lot of um, what's the the game called Jackbox? Okay, yeah. Uh, recently with with friends online, mm-hmm. and there's a new game in Jackbox Seven where you're kind of draw. It's a drawing game. So mm-hmm. Obviously, I love it. Um, where you're you're drawing like two competitors to go against each other for a singular title. Yeah. Um. And the cool twist to it is the first person who draws it gets the title they're fighting for. Mm-hmm. And then the second person a gets... A title worth fighting for. Yes. Very off key. Yes. I can't talk. I can't sing. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but the second person does get the title. They get the first person's drawing and have to guess what the title is based off that. Okay. And then, do their draw, then draw their competitor. Oh, okay. And one of my friends, and I'm very... Because he's a comic nerd and he would know... And I... Brought it up to him afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, his prompt was the king of condiments. <laughs> and I was so upset <laughs> that he didn't just draw, didn't condiment, draw king. condiment king. What? He's an illustrator. He works how, at Blizzard. <laughs> how does he not know this? Yeah. He knows the character. So then, then there's no there's no yeah. justification. He, he for that. basically his his response was only you would get it and I need three votes to win. Son of a bitch. And I'm like, well, I'll make my vote count. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> but yes, condiment king. Best Lego. Yes. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, the Flash's commercials. He goes up against some of his his famous rogues, but they're not actually real villains. They're just actors because he's shooting a commercial for an energy bar. Yes. 
which is fun. Love it. It's so good. It, it is good, especially because, like, the Flash does it just for the attention, one, but two, so he can buy himself the Flashmobile. Yes. Which we talked... Did we talk about that on air last week? I don't think so. Damn it. We, we had a conversation recently about the nonsense vehicles oh. of mobile characters. Well, yeah, because like I had just bought a Lego set that had a spider jet. That's what it Spider-Man is. A Spider-Man jet in yes. it. Yes. Yeah, because I wanted other pieces in the set. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like, why would Superman ever need any vehicles? Why would Spider-Man need a jet or a dune buggy or a motorcycle? Yeah, yeah, because in uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, uh, Nick Fury gives Peter Parker a spider cycle. Yeah. Uh, but he has to wait till he gets his driver's license. So yeah. great, great Peter Parker it's pretty episode. Good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, but the cool thing about the motorcycle is it is it can shoot his web out. Okay. So he kind of shoots it between two buildings, and he can he like drives across. Well, that's the clever. Web. Yeah, like that makes that's, sense. Okay, there's some justification there because there's no justification for the Flash having a van. They well, can't yeah, go anywhere near his speed. No, there's actual, there's absolutely a reason. So him and another super friend can just casually drive across the American Midwest. And just take in the scenes, you know? I, it Look, the Flash is always kind of ridiculous and always just doing his own thing and kind of absurd. Even that felt absurd. Like, even that felt I lo- stupid. Honestly, I loved it. I loved yeah, that Yeah, because he, he's just like, hey, GL, let's hop in the back of my van and, like, have a snack and watch this built-in TV. And you want to, like, road trip in and just, like, see the whole country? It's like, you can cover the whole, like, even... <laughs> you, you can do that in six seconds. You could run crazy fast and GL could, like, fly above you. Mm-hmm. Not quite the same speed, but, you know, close well, enough. Well, apparently his fucking constructs can construct the speed of light. Oh, we'll get to that. Ugh, we'll, that's we'll, frustrating. We'll get to that. But, yeah, so the Flash buys this this van, and then he sees, this, you know, Gordon Godfrey talking about how bad the Flash is for taking on sponsorships and how they're all just heroes who think they're better than everyone, and so the Flash tries to go and, and dig himself out of the hole, but... He's not very bright, and so he succumbs to Godfrey's just most ridiculous arguments possible. Oh, it, it's the most, like, conservative yeah. talking points. It's, it's funny, because we, we got a number of comments um, on last week's episode about how, like, weirdly prescient that it is now. Like, it's mm-hmm. more relevant now than it was when it was made 20 years ago. And, yeah, Gordon Godfrey is absolutely just, like, the insane... Tucker Carlson. Yeah, he's, 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 he's literally just Tucker Carlson. He's just Tucker Carlson, essentially, yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. And his his arguments make no sense in context, but he says such stupid things that only the Flash get tripped up by. Because he says things like, how do you you know justify the fact that since the League was formed, 50% of all di- uh, marriages end in divorce and the other 50% end in death? Yeah. And the Flash is like, wait, what? I don't... Well, because then he... And this this is... I, I found this funny and uh-huh. frustrating because it, it was the old argument for video games. Oh, yeah. And it was people, it's kids that look up to these heroes, uh, do worse in school. They don't get along with their siblings and they won't eat their vegetables. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, this is, <laughs> these are literally the points from like anti-video game propaganda from 1994. Also, just what kids do. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that, that's the whole point. Like that was that was the whole case of like the Mortal Kombat trial. Oh, my God. That's right. Yeah, but so it, it's 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 and it's weird that they included Godfrey in this. It's like they had two different ideas that they couldn't quite get enough material out of, and so they just kind of crammed them together mm-hmm. because they really are almost entirely unrelated. And they they come together at the end, kind of. But it's also interesting that they would have chosen like Gordon Godfrey to be this character because I I mean I suppose my first exposure to him would have been this show yeah. back in the day, but he was a, a one-off character. But, you know, Young Justice 
portrays him in a very accurate sense, which he's, you know, one of the, he's an emissary of dark side and he's basically a human propaganda machine mm -hmm. and he's sent to earth. Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson. Exactly. So, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> I here. think that's why they had to give him the British accent in Young Justice. I think so. Because <laughs> they didn't. Be... It was like, oh, is this? It's just Tucker Carlson. Yeah. Because he, you know, in Young Justice, he's sent there to basically turn popularity against superheroes and against the Justice League specifically, mm -hmm. which is basically what Godfrey is doing here as well, but to no greater purpose. He's basically just doing it to be a git. Yeah. Like, because this character never comes back again. And we've already established we had a lot He's of... He's not in jail, you? Nope. He never wow. comes back again. This is his only appearance. So, That's... So, sucks. And, and there's no, there's no like, hint that he might be somehow connected to Darkseid. Like, even, um, you know, the first introduction of Bruno Mannheim and Intergang way back in Superman. You know, that episode ended with... Uh, it wasn't Desaad, but it was whatever... I can't believe I'm blanking on the guy's name. Um the armorer, basically, like the guy who makes the weapons for, oh, yeah, for okay, yeah. you know, he, not, not who, who's the villain from Justice League, the movie. Yeah, um, I'm forgetting because it's so forgettable. It, it'll come back to us. It'll come back to us eventually. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't no... get past Stronghold because I just watched Sky High again. Okay, yeah, the guy that no one cared about. Yeah, but you know, even that episode in Superman ended with Steppenwolf. There it is. There Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Even that episode ended with you know, the the guy going through a boom tube back. Like, oh, we know what this is setting up. Yeah. There's none of that here. This is no relation to Darkseid whatsoever. Like, you can maybe headcanon that has something to do with him. At the mm -hmm. end of the day, it's just some guy being a prick for the sake of being yeah. a prick. I, I, was a, I was a little upset that he, like, quote unquote, got his comeuppets. Because uh, I don't think that makes sense. Because, like, basically at the end of the episode, he, or in the middle of the episode, he very much been like banned the justice league call up every world leader and say we yeah. don't want the the justice league mm -hmm. uh and i guess because of that negative propaganda he lost all of his sponsors and his time slot well it's and his studio space i, I think it was more that he, because he had taken on such a strong negative stance against the justice league and then they go and literally save the world by preventing the sun from collapsing which they started which yes but they were put the one knows they started it <laughs> It's why we need cameras in the Watchtower. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that was the general idea. It was like popularity then, you know, swung back in the opposite direction. Everyone loves them again because they saved the planet. And then, you know, all the sponsorship was pulled. But like, so what about it to like upset you? Because that's not, that's, that's not real. <laughs> and also because I, I love this character. I think he's so much fun. He's frustrating for sure. I mean, he's fun in other shows when he's better utilized. Yes. You, li you liked him in this specifically. Well, I wanted him. I, I I mean, just in general, I like this character. Yeah. This version is okay because there's a part of him because in Young Justice, like that is not a character. That is just him all the time. Yeah. He's always this very angry man. Right. But in this, they kind of spin it where like that's a personality where like when Flash uh, comes on and the yeah. cameras turn off, he's just like, oh, hey, cool. Like, thanks for coming by. That yeah. was great for ratings. Yeah. Well done. Uh, come by whenever you want. That was, that was fun. Yeah, then like, he, I love I love that idea that he's just like a normal guy outside of this. Right, it's just all persona. There's no genuine passion behind what he's saying. He just does it because it's popular. Yeah, people love him for it apparently mm -hmm. for being a total a hole. Yeah, and so like I don't think he should have lost his. Stu I don't think he should have lost everything. Okay, I think you could have maybe had like it pan back to the crowd after that, and it's just like one guy. Or maybe it's maybe the audience is empty and it's just Flash, mm -hmm. and it's him having to make like a formal apology. Okay, he's like, you know, this guy's not always bad. I do have to like, cause it, oh, is it did um, Iron Man two, 
when he when Tony gets the pin and the general has to put it on, he pricks him. Yeah. Yeah. Have that. Where Godfrey <laughs> has to like give Flash a medal or something. Oh, okay. That would have been a bit. And then of a it's better. like just Wonder Woman in the audience, or so, someone is in the audience. Yeah. But it's not his normal. It's not the crazy fans. Okay. It's it's not just him in like some random like hallway with a couple of homeless guys yeah sitting in folding chairs watching his show mm -hmm. yeah it, it 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 was a weird kind of forced button they put on the whole thing yeah and i like ending it with him just don't make it such a severe drop because you just be fired he's not gonna lose his lose you're not everything. gonna move <laughs> you don't move tucker carlson to 4 15 in the morning i mean i wish they would I but really wish they would. <laughs> you have a surprising amount of sympathy for this uh Tucker Carlson proxy in this episode, Cameron. <laughs> it's a little bit concerning for me. Hey, I grew up in Dallas. What can I say? Fair, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so like that, there's that whole subplot, but I mean, it's, it's look, it's kind of fun. It's just basically the idea of the flash having to prove he's an actual hero. Mm -hmm. And the way it ultimately pans out is that of course, you know, the, the vengeful snake spirit passed through different members of the justice league. They don't know that they've been possessed because they just lose their memory. So it's kind of like a, which one of us is bad sort of thing. Which and, I thought was fun. Like that, yeah, that, that part was yeah. great. Where Flash is trying to run away from the corrupted league. Yeah. And th that whole sequence plays it really well of him like up stuck in the watchtower by himself. Can't get a hold of Batman. And it's the other five Justice Leaguers who all severely outpower him mm -hmm. um, hunting him down. And you know, this isn't a territory like this isn't where he is going to thrive in a confined space station. Yeah. Um, so, he, yeah, it's kind of fun seeing him on the run a little bit and having to think on on his feet. No pun intended there. But it's a little that one sequence was kind of good. I, I thought that was I mean, we, we said the, the commercials are the best part outside of the B plot. That was the best part of the A plot. Yeah. Is the Flash having to figure out how do I take out the strongest people in our sector? Yeah. And his solution is to just to open up like the reactor of the watchtower and just flash them all with a big light bulb. Yeah. He pulled he pulled a grim ones on him. He did, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He fed them after midnight and it was a bad choice. Yeah. But yeah, it because you're right. It, it would be interesting if he actually had to outthink everyone and individualize his attacks and strategy. If he had to be a little bit like a Batman in that regard. So that mm -hmm. could have been a little more interesting. But it's it's that very convenient thing of everyone turns on him. He's able to evade them long enough. And then one thing cures them all in a moment's notice. Mm -hmm. And it just it, it all felt very well trod territory. Like nothing about this felt super inventive or clever. And the stuff that was weird and different just felt forced and unnecessary. Mm -hmm. Okay, here's I have other ideas, but here's my quick pitch just for that part. Okay. So fuck the whole solar planet bullshit. Yeah. The, the collapse the sun. Yeah. Yeah. That's so stupid. It's really stupid. Um, we haven't even got to that part yet. But yeah, none of that exists anymore. Mm -hmm. It is flash on the space station by himself you can bring back because i don't i know it's a plot in young justice where we learn that the watchtower has a giant laser on it mm -hmm. you bring back that that was put on by the justice lords as kind of the ultimate earth ultimatum yeah and the big button you know the, not the button the big threat is manhunter arming a oh. weapon for earth Okay. And Flash has to get around the rest of the team to stop him. So then you can have those one-on-ones and you still have the this timer, this ticking timer, this yeah. ticking bomb um, that causes him to panic, but he mm -hmm. still has to, you know, be his best Batman. 
I, I agree that would have been more interesting. And I, I suppose this is a retroactive justification, but there are things in Starcross that will then come back around again in Justice League that would have made it not work quite as well if the Watchtower already had a giant laser cannon on it. Mm-hmm. So, well, but I, I, agree, I agree with you. The, the threat should have been the League and not, yeah. and not just like the League doing something weirdly passive like blocking out the sun. Like it should have been a more direct active threat in the League that the public never got a chance to see, but the Flash recognizing that like, he has to not only stop this from happening, but also like never let anyone know that it came so close yeah. to happening because he's seen how quickly the public can turn on heroes and how dangerous they could be. Mm-hmm. That would have been more interesting. You're right. Okay. Now. Yeah. Okay. So I, you know, idea B off of that mm-hmm. to prove that he, that the heroes are good and to show that they are good. Flash is now filming everything in the watchtower. Oh, okay. I see. And yeah. then you get to this, is how you bring uh, Godfrey back as well. You see him kind of like, you know, this is where, we, you know, he's doing Cribs, his best Cribs impression, because that's yeah. fucking hilarious to see Flash do MTV Watchtower. Yeah. Um, and Batman would be so pissed. He'd be so pissed. He'd be so that's pissed. Um, but in these shots, you see, man, you, you know, like in the background, you see Marsh Manhunter fiddling with the, the javelin. Yeah. You see the clues of who is being possessed mm-hmm. in these shots. Um, and then you go on. You see, the, I mean, even with this, I guess you could still keep the bomb. You shouldn't, but I guess you could technically. Because mm-hmm. then you see that it is the Justice League's fault. Yeah. And somehow, maybe he sends it to his agent. <laughs> just be like, yeah. hey, like, I know, like, <clears throat> no, we're not on good terms right now. But, like, if you can get this to somebody, that'd be great. And he gives it to Godfrey. Mm-hmm. And now he has leverage over the League. Okay. I mean, that is also complex but i think in a better way than what <laughs> what we yeah, got it's still it's still very complex yeah. can we can we talk about the agent for a little bit it why wasn't just uh what's his favorite bernie rast oh that would have been really fun actually if they yeah. brought back bernie rast because like the the agent we get here is the most like unrealistic stereotypical agent ever now look i worked at an agency yeah i worked at a top agency you did i never had to deal with people quite like that they probably exist to some Do you degree know who this is though who it's the critic from the 1990s oh. show the critic i mean but that's okay that's fair because that's kind of what this is yeah because like it's it's such a cartoonish exaggeration of what like a, i guess a kid would think an agent was like mm-hmm. you know i've 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 been lucky that pretty much any of the agents i've ever dealt with have actually been pretty solid people good work really hard a little intense sometimes but overall like supportive solid hardworking, like yeah. normal, rational, like heartfelt people. And I guess we don't meet Ari Gold for another two years after this. Episode. That's true. Yeah. That's, that's coming who down is, the line. Yeah, who is now the, I, the first thought when people think of what is a Hollywood agent. Is exactly. And that's based off the, the real person, Ari Manuel. Who yeah. Is I think that kind of crazy, but like, but the thing is, is like this from guy entourage, for, for entourage, of course, if, yes. if it was on the TV or Tony, you can think yes. he's from entourage. But this guy Our is favorite <laughs> version of California. Yes. Where there's no traffic except for Californication. Um, what? no, never mind. Uh, <laughs> but this is, I guess, is this guy good at his job? He's taking, like, the Flash is just really bad because the Flash doesn't realize this guy is taking 60% of his pay cut, which yeah. is, uh, way beyond the normal 10% yes. that an agent would take. And he's not even getting him particularly good gigs, but, like, I guess he must have sold, because one of the plot points is that the, the Flash basically refuses to do a, like a gas X ad, like a Pepto-Bismol ad, yeah, basically, it's Pepto-Bismol. and like, uh, pushes back and makes fun of the director on camera and that gets captured. And so to basically like pay off the debt 
of that the the director is going to call on the agent for setting all this up. Um, the agent sells off the footage to Godfrey, and I guess he must have made an insane amount of money off it. Either that or he's just really bad with his money, which is probably very likely. Because mm-hmm. then every time we see him after that, he's in like this really nice office, and he's always got two beautiful girls like doing his nails or giving him like a back massage and stuff. And I look as a kid's cartoon, I get it, but it just felt it felt so silly and over the top. Yes. It's like you guys have agents, you know what this is. It's supposed to be funny, I guess, but I just found it kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I think. I th- honestly, I think he's good at being scummy at his job. Yeah. Because Flash isn't an actor. Mm-hmm. He is, I'll make the, the equivalency again, he's Michael Jordan. Yeah. He's a guy that everyone knows, and they're capitalizing, capitalizing on that. Yeah. So he doesn't care about how all this works. He doesn't care about money. He's like, oh, cool, I have some extra cash to spend. Woo! I just bought a van. Yeah. <laughs> I can attest to that. I just bought a sword. Yes. Yeah. Why not? Because why not? I mean, I guess that's fair. Like, I don't think this guy works at one of your like top tier agencies. I think he's probably just his... no. It's the first guy that reached out to Flash. Yeah, he's just some random guy and who Flash's like, oh yeah, sure. Yeah, like, it's, I, I'll do. I can do seventeen takes in five seconds. Yeah, he's got his just like an office like you know above a deli on Sunset Boulevard somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. He's not particularly good at what he does, but I mean, like it. It injected some like fun and levity into it, but all that just also felt like such a tonal contrast from this like weird mm-hmm. like how is it in the same episode that we are introduced to a one-off ancient snake people, we get a cartoonish buffoonish Hollywood agent? Yes. None of this makes any sense whatsoever. What if it was a snake person? Maybe that would have made more sense. That would have made, <laughs> made way more all sense. All agents are snake people. Yeah. Well, maybe not far off there. But it's just like, and it felt like it was all there just to give the show the button. So you had like the, the Godfrey button and then you have the other button of now Mo Fear is doing, you know, the, the Pepto-Bismol ad at the very end of it. Yeah. Which I guess is supposed to be funny. I thought it was funny. Okay. I don't know. I think I was so checked out at that point. I was like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Uh, so let's finish the rest of this episode. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They're, oh. uh, <laughs> so this has all been dumb, ridiculous nonsense, but then it tries to be science nonsense yes. and really goes off the deep end. They're able to throw the NHL, whatever it's called, DHL. The uh, anti-fusion device, the AFD. AFD, the yes. NFL. Exactly. Um, into the sun in seconds. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then fla- you know, flash healed everyone from the crystal shards mm-hmm. that hawk girl had smashed into them yes um and now they have to figure out how do we stop the sun from imploding right because there's a period there where it's still just floating towards the sun you think oh maybe they're gonna intercept it but then, no it actually makes contact and you know, we can see the sun start to like collapse in on it and i was not expecting it to implode i was ex- ex- expecting like a sunspot oh yeah that no. is a real thing yeah no i mean the i guess I mean, it's anti-fusion, so I guess the idea is somehow it counteracts the fusion reaction that I guess is happening inside the sun. Yep. Again, we're, we're outside of my realm of engineering and science knowledge at this point, but I think we're outside, we're outside the of the realm of, of real science. Of real science, of any science. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so the sun's collapsing, so they're like, oh, how do we fix this? What's their solution, Cameron? <sighs> Flash is going to run <laughs> to the sun. No, okay, so in... in in the javelin, which now we guess we can kind of guess can go the speed of light or near speed of light. Well, it has a wormhole generator, which is that works the same way as the fucking thing from Back to the Future. The flux capacitor. Yes. No, the flux capacitor travels through time. 
in in the sense of it has to reach a certain speed in order to act. Oh, okay. They have to get the javelin up to eighty eight miles an hour. You have to get it to eight. You have to get it as close to light speed as possible for the the wormhole. Oh, I see to what activate. you mean. I see yes. what you mean because it only works when the the javelin is being propelled at that speed to begin with. Yes. Yeah. So they this is just Back to the Future now. I just realized it basically is. Yeah. So yeah. now Flash has to run across space to to activate the the wormhole device mm -hmm. by also just throwing it into the sun. Yeah, he has to run so fast that the device can activate and then he can pitch it into the sun. Yes. And the way he does it, the way he runs in space, um, is Green Lantern creates a con a constructed bridge. Yes. Um that Flash just runs across that I guess also can generate at the speed of light. So he could have just done that himself. I, I think I think the idea is like a yeah, that the the construct was already moving at high speed and the flash was moving at high speed on top of it. Yes. So it'd be like Ant Man running on a bullet mm -hmm. sort of thing. Like he could he already has a fixed speed. I am now I'm trying to like make this work. I'm not I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop trying to yeah. make this science. Well, no, because the the bridge isn't moving I, I that's the impression i got was that that didn't the bridge is gl throw him and then started his construct. oh i see so the, the bridge is just staying as it is so that is just yes, like a the bridge is generating at the speed of light like uh, like millions of miles long yes across yes from the distance from earth to the sun i can look it up i'm not going to i'm not going to it's either. a long it's a long ways yeah Let's put it mildly um there are two planets between us and the sun there are yes um and yeah, so Flash throws the warp drive in and it explodes next to the sun, absorbs just the bad shit that's yeah, going on, not the whole sun. It, it absorbs just the anti-fusion reaction and not the actual sun itself. Yes. Um, which like is going to land somewhere else in space. It, it doesn't. GL, this is your job. Your job is space control. You're a space police officer. You should know not to just open a wormhole one next to the sun. that will just drop into someone else's sector. That's more work they have to do now. Yeah, but it's someone else's problem. Yeah, clearly. Who cares? It's out of sector 2814, so fuck it. Yeah. Sorry, sector 2815. I go down. Go three, because that's Tomare. Okay, fine. Whatever. Fine. <laughs> that that sector has enough issues as it that's is. That's where Krypton was. I know. That's why I said as in... Yeah. <laughs> I do know something. Good. But... So, okay, the a question I have for you then is you, you made reference to GL actually making a construct. Are you counting the massive spacewalk that he builds? Or are you referring to the snake that he makes? The snake. It? So he does make a construct. However, I think we have to caveat this because it's not actually GL. It's the snake people possessing him. But it's his ring. It is his ring. Yep. So we, we've seen John Stewart Green Lantern make a construct, but he wasn't the one that chose to make if it. If we turned off the audio... <laughs> We, I, I, I think, I, if anything, that actually does become a weird justification for why he does use the way he does. Like it proves you can make constructs. Mm -hmm. He just chooses not to because he's efficient. He's very As efficient. We've been told by fucking every listener at this point. <laughs> and Bruce, Tim. I get it. Yes. I get it. He's efficient. I still want him. <laughs> Do you think he makes his own buzzers and gives himself that buzz cut? Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, no, because we know the neighborhood. That's true. He goes. To the, he has a barber. He always goes yeah, to. He's that's got a right. guy. He's got, that's fair. You know, it's good to support local business. Exactly. Yeah. 
He's supporting the economy. He is. He's keeping the, the, the almighty economy afloat. Yeah, let's see fucking Guy Gardner do that. He wouldn't. No, you know he constructs his own bowl. Exactly. Yeah, he does. <laughs> bowl with one hand, scissors in the other. He's good to go. Oh, no, he's not holding either of them. Both are constructs. Yeah. So he just holds his hand up, creates the, the trimmers and the bowl. Yeah. Zzz, done. Yeah. yeah. He does even, it every morning. That's his morning routine. He even creates his own, like, drop cloth. Yeah, it's got to be crisp. Yeah. But you know him. He, like, he keeps the hair in the drop cloth, but rather than, like, just sending it to a pocket dimension to get rid of it, he just pushes it outside the window and lets it fall on whatever passerby is going. Yeah, for sure. Because he's a dick. Because he's hoping it's Hal. <laughs> That's true. It hit him once, and it was Guy's best day. That's true. No, he actually consciously sends the bubble full of hair to go fall on Hal Jordan. <laughs> yes maybe that's why he became parallax it had nothing to do with coast city getting destroyed getting blown he, up. Just, he just got so tired of getting hair thrown at him yeah i'd, I'd get mad <laughs> i like this head cannon i'm here yeah. for it is hair worse than glitter no glitter's the worst you think so okay i think they're bad in their own respects glitter glitter is glitter really clings to you like yes. you, if you like take a shower you can get hair off of you mm -hmm. you can take a shower and still have glitter everywhere that's true yeah no gl glitter is uh, inescapable but hair always ends up in your mouth somehow but glitter can too yeah i guess it's not as i, I guess i'm just not around glitter as much as i am my own hair <laughs> well i live in west hollywood that so. is true <laughs> you just walk down the street and people are just throwing glitter every day just glitter bombs going that's off hollywood, left and right baby. yeah exactly <laughs> Where the streets are painted with gold. Yes. And glitter. But yeah, this is a dumb fucking episode and I hated it. Yeah. Okay, so here's a few other ideas for how they could have made this better. I mean, you don't have to go through so many, Cameron. We, <laughs> there's a lot of options here. There's a lot of options. Here's, here's the one that I would have rather seen. Okay. Have it be Clarion. Okay. He's the one hunting for the gym. Or okay. the gym is connected to his power. Some some way, because I think Clarion is a great villain. Yeah, he's good. And also bring in Zatanna for this episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, I would say Dr. Fate, but we're going to see him in the next episode. Right. Um, I would love to see Zatanna join the League mm -hmm. and then have... Well, that's not going to happen. Not, sorry, not join the League. Team up, Team with, up the with the League. Team up with the League, yes. yes. Um, join the League on this adventure. Exactly. Um, I wouldn't want it, but Bruce Tim would definitely write it in they would have had batman and wonder woman drama come in with zatanna okay because we know batman flirts with everything yeah um or no i'll rephrase that everything flirts with batman yeah i mean yeah, yeah that's for fair. good reason it's for good reason mm -hmm. yeah it's the cape yeah and have not lizard people yeah. have it demons okay uh that are powered by clarion okay uh and then you can have it the same way. He possesses the league mm -hmm. to do various things. Atana's trying to figure out how he's doing it. Yeah. Through this weird crystal. Uh, still have the Flash be the hero. Maybe the last thing it absorbs, maybe the last thing it possesses is Zatanna. Mm -hmm. It's the two of them together. Uh, don't have them all get hurt, hit it once. Have it be your horror setup. Yeah. Where it's hide and seek. Find one person, they're possessed. Find the next person, they're possessed. Mm -hmm. So then it's, Again, Flash for everyone, because I love that idea. Yeah. Bring in magic. Uh, and we also know, I guess, in Young Justice, we know Wally loves to think he's magic. Yeah, now you're at a stretch here. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Now I'm going too far. I haven't yeah. thought this far through. I just I just think it would have been it's better fine. with Zatanna and I, Clarion. Look, I agree with you. I, I think grounding it in 
something we'd already seen before would have been better than this. I mean, I guess, mm. look, the one nice thing about them doing it this way is that there is no canonical reason for us to ever talk about it again. Exactly. Like, it can just disappear. Morgana can come back. Morgana and Etrian can you, come back. You just want Morgana back. I do. You just want anything Arthur Spell more. Yeah, just want more King Arthur. Talk. Exactly. Every episode would be better if King Arthur were in it in some capacity. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, no. The, these these it could have been the Holy Grail. <laughs> these weren't great. I, I, I'm pretty sure I can say that this is the last slump we're going to have okay. before going forward. Because, um, yeah, pretty much everything else. Like, I know all the rest of the episodes are good. And then <clears throat> one of them I think should be good. It's Secret Society. So it's Grodd and the rest of Secret Society. I think Ooh. I think that one's pretty good if I recall. Okay. Um, but the other ones are all very memorable. So, which is very exciting to get to. Um, but yeah, I think that does it for this. So. Good. Yeah. And we weren't feeling particularly uh, imaginative or creative this week. So uh, no question corner this time. No, so why don't we just. too angry. Just too angry having watched these. Uh, so let's just do uh, some bat plugs and then call it a day. Sure. All right. What do you got? Uh, let's see. What have I been watching, listening, reading? I, I don't th- remember plugging this. But I finished the first book from the Kingdom Keepers series, the children's books. Which ones were those? That is uh, where five kids... You pitched this, Disneyland. Yeah. So I started book two. It's Westworld, but Disneyland. Exactly. Yes. Uh, It's fun. It's a very fun series. Okay. It continues to be good in book two? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Book two takes place in a different park. So Mm -hmm. book one is Magic Kingdom. Uh, Book two is Hollywood Studios. I think I literally just started before coming here. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I need my Disney fix wherever I can get it. Yeah. Do they go on the Aerosmith rock and roller coaster? Probably. Yeah. Uh, and then another plug I already kind of plugged, but I'm plugging a different part of it, uh, is I mentioned binge mode a couple weeks ago Yeah. in their Harry Potter, Mm -hmm. um, series series. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, I recently just started their their walkthrough through the Marvel Universe. Oh, okay. And it's very good. Oh, nice. It's amazing to see people who were good at this <laughs> doing their job. Are you saying <laughs> are you saying that some people who do this sort of stuff aren't good at it? Yes. Who? Who could that possibly be? I not people in this room. Not we are I. always prepared. Not I says I. Yes. I see no mirror looking <laughs> <Exactly>. back at me. <laughs> But no, so like, are they covering all the movies? Yeah. Oh in, wow. In very good detail. Okay. Uh, it's it's very fun. It it's it honestly it feels like, like a college essay about the movies. Okay. They're like super in depth. Uh, for Iron Man, because I, I listened to Iron Man and Hulk. Mm-hmm. Um, each movie gets its own episode, I yes. presume. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, they're about an hour and a half to two hours. Okay, deep yeah. diving in the movies, um, and it it's very fun. Uh, one thing that I really enjoy they do, uh. And I, th- I think it might get old as we get through the movies, but it's fun for now. Mm-hmm. Is at the end of the episode, they debate each other on who the MVP of the movie is. Oh, that's clever. Okay. Yeah. And so the first movie, it was between um, Yin Sin. Yin Sin, okay. Yep. Because not Yin Sid, because that's Disney mm-hmm. backwards. Yin Sin. Why do you know that? <laughs> He's a Disney character. That's the name of the sorcerer from Sorcerer's Apprentice. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. All right. Is Yin Sid. Justified. Uh, so Yin Sin and the other one argued that it's actually just Robert Downey Jr., which well, is a hard argument to beat. <laughs> I was going to ask, like, is it a are they MVP character or just MVP of the film? I think it's supposed to be character, but, but they're they just, just like, picked RDJ. Honestly, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Without but him. You wouldn't have any of this. No. 
Yeah. You really wouldn't. He is Tony Stark. He is. Yeah. And like he, without Robert Downey Jr., the Marvel Cinematic Universe would not be what it is today. Yeah. So they, they do it in professional debate format. So okay. They have a minute of opening arguments and then 30 seconds of rebuttal. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's and actually... then they let the audience vote afterwards. Okay. Nice. Uh, it's fun. It, it's a very cool, something I hadn't heard in yeah. a podcast before. That's clever. I like yeah. that. Yeah. I'll have to go check those out. They, yeah. They're very in-depth. I learned a lot about Hulk. Yeah. I, look, I love a good in-depth analysis. I mean, I spend most of my weeks listening to in-depth analysis on film scores. That's true. You do. So continues to be a great podcast. Mm-hmm. I've now reached the James Bond three-part three part saga. I'm almost like, I, oh, I almost don't want to listen to it yet. I, like, oh, I, I know. I, 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 yeah, I yeah, get it. I wanted to like just know that it's there waiting for me. I definitely get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about you? What have you been watching, listening, reading? Uh, so... Uh, because we've been talking so much about Green Lantern, I'm going to plug. I think I may have already actually plugged this once before, but I <laughs> I, I, I rewatched to brush up my knowledge uh, a video from the uh, the great guys over the Watchtower database, and it's a uh, James Strecker his video on the Green Lantern Corps of the DCAU explained the complete history of the Green Lantern Corps in the DCAU. Uh, it's a really fun video. Um, if it makes you feel any better, Cameron, even James did not have good answers to the weird myriad complexities of the green lanterns Good. in this universe like there is they're a, bad police officers well there's that but there's just a serious lack of consistent or in-depth knowledge or data points to build anything off of it's like john's been a green lantern for 15 years we have no idea what he's been doing this entire time are there one or two per sector we don't know like it, it's just kind of they just do whatever they want on the whim as they need per episode and then it's just a big mess if you're trying to make a, a consistent continuity out of it the way that they are trying yeah but uh, it's a fun episode. It's really informative. Plus, the best part about it is uh, watching James just try to pronounce all of the weird alien and planet <laughs> names. He, he, Mogo. Yeah, he, he's got a lot of really fun bits thrown in there, too. Uh, it's it's well worth a watch if you like this sort of stuff. Which Isaac is one of them. That sounds familiar. I don't know. They, they were all just weird and incomprehensible and full of consonants. So there's there's a Green Lantern who is the secretary for the Guardians. Of course. I think Salik is his name. He's great. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Well done. Uh, but yeah, so I always want to give a shout out to those guys. And then along those lines, kind of a, a plug slash announcement. Oh. Um, so uh, the Watcher Database guys just made an announcement on one of their live streams recently about the unveiling of the Pod Tower. <gasps> Yes, so it is a a new YouTube channel that they're putting out uh, as a way to, one, rebrand and relaunch their 12th Little Illness podcast, Mm -hmm. which they did for a while and bring it back around. Uh, But it's also going to be us uniting with them and Cal and Liam over the DCAU review to make one big center point of DCAU content on YouTube. So the cool thing about this is that it means that we finally are going to have all of our episodes up on youtube which up to this point has not been the case yes uh and I, not videos of us just just the audio yes it, that's yeah. but, fair. It, but yes. it's another place we can listen exactly it's another place to listen i would love um, to film this bullshit oh my god it'd be, <laughs> it'd be so much more work so bad no so much more work for me <laughs> Um, but yeah, like up to this point, there have been like the first 65 episodes were on there. There are a few in the middle that didn't automatically get uploaded by Podbean, our former podcast platform. so bitter. They could sponsor us one day. They're not going to sponsor. Podbean's <laughs> not going to sponsor us one day. I'm not too worried about that. Their platform did not need, like, give us what we needed. So now we're on Captivate and they're great. Good. But they don't automatically publish the YouTube. But to be fair, Podbean sometimes forgot to automatically publish the YouTube. So. The nice thing is, is that for the first time ever, all of our videos will be up on our YouTube channel. So basically what's going to happen is, um, 
you know, there's a whole bunch of you videos that were already on our channel. Uh, James has gone to an incredible amount of work to uh, basically convert and output and upload like the first 65 Savon episodes uh, that are up on the Pod Tower YouTube. But what I've done now is create playlists on our channel. So by the time this episode goes out, the playlist should be done. Uh, and there'll be a very convenient playlist that'll have all of the numbered DCAU episodes mm -hmm. in order and a separate playlist for all of our bonus random episodes in order. Yeah. Which will be lovely. Um, and at least for now, I'll continue to post our videos on probably both platforms as we roll out. And then we'll see if eventually everything's just going to convert over to there. Um, but no matter what, you'll be able to still access our videos via playlist on the new one. So we're just we're working out some of the specifics. Um, but I know we have more and more people subscribing and listening on YouTube, which is awesome. Um, comes at a weird time to then sort of shepherd everything <laughs> off to a different source. Um, but I think it's well worth doing because, you know, we kind of do this for the fun of it, but we say all the time, like, watch our database guys and also Cal and Liam at the DC Review. Like, they really do great work and all this sort of stuff. Yes. Um, I'm just going to say it. They're the better source for this. Say, yeah, like, <laughs> they're better. If you want a professional listening of this, <laughs> yeah, listen to them. If you want to, we are yeah. not professional. Exactly. Yeah. And Cal and Liam have started We're beginning. two guys that took an improv class and thought that we could do this. <laughs> thought we could do this. We can't. <laughs> But yeah, like, you know, DC Review, they're getting some great guests on and stuff. And, and so it's a nice place to go, just kind of everything all in uh, one convenient location. Um, but no, very excited to be a part of that. And also just a huge thanks to James for doing all this work while having a brand spanking newborn. Yeah. At the same time, like he's like literally raising a child while also trying to give birth to an entire new YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. It's really impressive work, James. Rough delivery. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, he's got to drag us idiots along with him the yeah. entire time. God uh but no very very excited about that yeah so that's a, a plug slash announcement amazing yeah so there'll be some different links down the show notes for you to go find that sort of stuff and uh you know go and subscribe to the pod towers be a lot of great stuff on there including our videos going forward and uh, really good stuff from them so yeah. but i think that does it for us this we did week it. we did it yeah wow. we, we made it through good these garbage episodes mm -hmm. i i think this is our comeuppance for having had such a great time last week i think so i think yes yeah this is the universe correcting itself exactly it's reminding us that we made it through zeta we can make it through this too we can make it through this too yes this too shall pass uh but luckily next week we're coming back and we're talking about the terror beyond yes. which you started to watch dr fate dr fate aquaman, aquaman solomon grundy um, I remember when those episodes aired, they were really, really good. So mm -hmm. I'm excited to get and into I'm those. I'm such a sucker for Dr. Fate. Yes. I think he has one of the coolest powers and costumes. Yeah. And, and this universe does a great job with him, too. Yes. So really, really looking forward to those. Um, but until then, thank you for listening. Uh, if you have thoughts on these episodes, if you have preemptive thoughts about our topic next week, uh, the Terror Beyond, and want to send in some thoughts on that, you can find us at Tim Talk Pond on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail. Or if you have questions, because I am not creative right now. <laughs> yes, if you have suggestions for other uh, questions for Cameron's Question Corner, write in and let us know. Could be DCAU-themed, could not be DCAU-themed. Could have to be. Yeah. Ask me about Green Lantern. <laughs> Don't ask me about Green Lantern. <laughs> ask me about Ed and Nettie. <laughs> Don't ask about Ed, Ed, and Eddie. I've never watched that. I've nothing. Never, oh, wow. I've nothing to contribute to that conversation. It's interesting. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, let us know. Send us some questions. Yes. Always appreciate those. And then uh, you can find me at Lordfer on Twitter and Instagram. Yes. If you want to see my art, you can find that at Cameron.Dexter. If you want to see my face, you can find that at CamDexter underscore Adventures. Wee! Had a great adventure this week. It was only yes, you did, actually. Yeah. <laughs> You did have a hell of an adventure this I week. Did. Yeah. Yeah.
<laughs> but it's all good. Things are back to normal. Yes. Well, this ver- this version of normal. Yeah. This hellscape that's still now normal. So. Yeah. Yes. But we don't want to get into negative stuff. Let's end on a positive note. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We always appreciate it. And we'll see you next week. Yeah, talk to you later. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.